Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives, and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets varying using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record, but here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Elin, recording in the Podcast Town studio. I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better. I'm tuned in. Let's rewind and just kind of get a glimpse of your upbringing and your relationship with your parents. Um, so it started out good, I guess, as much as I can remember in my younger years, sort of in my teenage years is when it became a little traumatic. So a lot of that, just based on trauma, um, I've sort of put out my mind or forgot about. But typical upbringing until about 13 years old, and then things sort of went south. The relationship with my mother became very severed, never really knew my father. Grandmother was a very important piece of my upbringing, piece of my life. And it's kind of a sad story, right? Mm -hmm. Because there was a lot of physical abuse, a lot of verbal abuse from my uh, stepfather, then stepfather, they're divorced now, but abuse with that and just challenging, right? So you have this young boy in the hood, the west side of Chicago, trying to figure out what's happening, who he is, what life is about, you know, all these challenges. And, you know, you throw sexuality in on top of all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of stuff that has to get worked out, get sorted out throughout the, I guess, later teenage, early 20s of my life. So Mm -hmm. it was a little rough, uh, but we, you know, I figured some stuff out and here I am. How did you respond to that? So my dad's family, as you met my sister, were all from the West Side. And just thinking about masculinity, right? And just how you're supposed to show up and what that means. At a young age in high school, what was your response? Is that where cooking came into or did you kind of hide? No. So I don't think I would have been able to articulate exactly what sexuality was and who I was within the spectrum of sexuality at that age, right? That comes with life experiences, right? Mm -hmm. My response was just meek and mild. It was, okay, this is happening. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to um, respond. So because I don't know any of that, I just stay quiet, which is really even what I do today. It's so interesting you asked me this question because until I can formulate a response, there is no response, Mm. right? And that's kind of how it was. I mean, I can articulate that now, right? but that's that sort of same idea, ideology is kind of what I carried on um, when all of this traumatic experiences were going on in my life. Mm -hmm. So what is your relationship now? I mean, Darius, you do these dinings, you have a name, you have a brand. Do you feel like you have been able to build a connection with your mom or even your stepfather or what has that looked like? No. So my mother and stepfather are no longer married. They've been divorced for a while. Uh, From that union, there was my little brother and little sister, which Unfortunately, I don't even have a relationship with today. My mother, um, we're in 2022. So my last time physically seeing or speaking to my mother would have been my aunt's funeral, her sister, who passed away in 2016. So, so far, yeah. So it's been six years. I mean, even before then, it's been uh, a couple of years. And I know it sounds sad. It sounds bad. And for people who are just realizing it, sure, I get it, right? Mm -hmm. But at this point, I'm 40, about to be 41 in December. I've lived more of my life 
without the relationship with my mother than I have with the relationship. So if you look at that fact alone, I'm okay. Right. Finding the beauty in it. I think about that all the time. Even with my mom over the last seven years, mm-hmm. I feel like the last two we've recruited, but we went through five years of just pure hate, evil, mm-hmm. and that toxic. It was to the point where I would per- have preferred for her to be dead than mm-hmm. to have to deal with it because it was so consuming and I didn't know how to respond. And, sure. you know, I thank God for prayer because that's what turned it around. It was really toxic. And now we're kind of on a, a peaceful path. And so that makes me think about where does your uh, belief system and relationship with God play into all the success that you've had? It's very on the uh, forefront, right? Mm-hmm. We, I have a very, if, if, once you've been through as much crap in life as I've been through, mm-hmm you know, there is nobody but the power of God that has allowed you to still be able to have some sense of sanity after all of that has come through, you know? Mm. So uh, me and God are like, we cool. Like we real close. You feel me? Like, and even with, you know, with great success, there comes a lot of just crap that comes along with it. Right. So all the recent, you know, news buzz and all that. And people are looking like, dang, Darius, how could you, go through all that and still be laughing like that would have taken me out and i mean you know you think about joe you know you know it was this is like my my job moment like as long as i know that anything can be done to me all i gotta do is keep standing and i i won't die Mm -hmm. it's like okay this is par for the course because i'm already experiencing what i call abundant living and living in overflow right Mm -hmm. i'm already experiencing that And being able to come through a test or come through a trial and come out on top, that just puts a little bit extra into this overflow, into this abundance living that I'm already experiencing. So, I mean, it's just par for the course. And that's just kind of how how I've reconciled um, what's going on with where I am in life. One of the biggest things that um, outside of perspective shifting is a goal of my show. The second thing is talking about the adversity. And we see and hear a lot of your adversity, right? Like you will bring out the facts. We straight, (laughs) we know everything from your side. When do you pull back and say, this is too much? Or have you ever done that and said, you know what? I just need a break. It's consuming my spirit. So I take breaks all the time and I feel like I need one. So it's not uncommon for me to, you know, go silent on social media for a week, for five days, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever is happening. I don't think that there is ever a moment. This is my philosophy. This may not be another influencer's philosophy, but this is mine. I don't think there's ever a moment when you pull back completely and shut people off from the truth, right? Mm -hmm. In this lifestyle of being an influencer, being on social media, I think what happens is that people look to you for whatever, whether this is subconscious or whether this is uh, something that is intentional, they look for you for sustenance. They look for you like it is your transparency. It is your truth that is allowing other people to discover theirs. Right. Right. And realize that that is the space that God is one put you in. And when you also realize too, that you have a level of influence that comes along with that, it just sort of makes you go, all right, let me just tell you, tell you what's happening. Right. right. Let me, I feel like you hold all that stuff in and it's, it's the burden of that. The weight of that will tear you down. Right? right. But you know, it's therapeutic to be able to tell your truth, tell your experiences 
with an audience, whether they agree or disagree, we're still in community with each other, right? right? So I don't always agree with what they say. They don't always agree with what I say, but this is a this is a community. So honestly, I feel like I don't really hold back. Like mm-hmm. I whatever it is, I may not be ready to tell everything, right? But at some point, I feel like being in this spotlight, that's what's required. One of the things I think about being an influencer, you've seen your great deal of failure or however you define that. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that you've gotten over that concept? So I don't look at life as failures, right? I look at it as redirection. Right. Oh, I look at it as, you know, here is an, uh, we call them opportunities for improvement. Like we don't call them weaknesses. So I don't look at life as failures. I look at life as like a game of a uh, pinball, right? Mm-hmm. And when the ball rolls back, you have the little levers on the side that pushes the ball into the different direction. And I feel like that's what life experiences are about, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to lose. You just may not be where you thought you may have been. So this is a redirection that's setting you up for the win in life in general. So I I don't look at it and go, I failed, right? As a matter of fact, whenever we change like directions or change courses, a lot of people look at that as failure, right? I look at that as being something that is super amazing to realize that the space you are in no longer serves you and that you're at a place of maturity in your life where you can say, you know what? This is not serving me. Let me go over here where this is, where provision is. I mean, that's super smart and super mature. So that's kind of how I look at the idea of failure. That's really good. I mean, I'm just listening to that. I I worked for the Bucks for so long, Milwaukee Bucks, and I just thought, you know, that was going to be the it. Yeah. And then as COVID happened, as I saw vision and as I heard from God, it was like, it's not the it. It's actually the beginning. And I need you to transition. My yeah. flesh was just shaking <laughs> and yeah. I just had to walk in it. How do you feel like? Because I feel like you have so much um, what you say, you say it and it, it just pierces in like the best the best way. What does your platform starting with cooking? How does that help people? Well, so I do two things well above anything else, right? Solve problems Mm -hmm. and create value, okay? So regardless of what any brand does, doesn't matter if it's cooking, singing, stamp collecting, doesn't matter, (laughs) right? In order to be successful, you've got to be able to do two things. One is solve people's problems, Mm -hmm. and then two, instill in them a level of value. So perfect example of that is, my tutorial on how to cook the perfect pot of white white rice, right? Mm -hmm. So you have people who've been trying to cook rice, chop their whole life, all right? (laughs) They're say their mama cook it, some people done rinsed it off, it still don't come out right. Right. I just can't get the uh, the ratio correct with the water. It's just just troublesome, right? Mm -hmm. So here I go saying, oh, you have a problem with that? Okay, let me show you how to do it, right? It's a two to one ratio, one part rice, two parts liquid. Make sure you season it, toast it in olive oil first. And then people go, okay, I saw Darius do that. Let me try that. And they go, wow, this worked, right? I never charged you for that. You didn't pay anything. There's no line on your credit card that I took money from you. All I did was taught you how to do something that was an issue for you. And we solved the problem, right? Right. Then when you do it yourself in the comfort of your own home with nobody watching and it comes out and it's good, you go, wow this feels really great. Like, I feel like I've accomplished something, right? Right. So to answer your question, above all, as long as I'm solving problems and 
creating a, a level of value that people can grab a hold to, that's where the brand actually starts. Mm -hmm. And that's where the brand ends. All the other stuff is fluff, right? It's just extra added bonus, right? Live streams, this, that, the laughter, dining with their, all that is like the extra stuff. But if I don't do those two things well, I have nothing. Did you have so much wisdom? Did you have a, a mentor or where did all of this knowing how to have grace in such a public place? How did yeah. you learn that? Uh, trial and error. Right. So I think as we grow, because whenever you start a business or start a brand or do anything, you know, we look at the destination is X. Right. We go, OK, I'm going to do this, this, this and this, and it'll get me here, which is X. What we don't realize is X is based on a number of factors, one being your level of knowledge, your tenacity, the, the level at which you operate, whatever that maturity level is. As you go toward that goal of X, X then changes. X never stays where it is, right? Because right. now as you're moving toward X, you start gaining more knowledge, you start gaining more experience, you start gaining more wisdom. And the place that you are now in at X was attractive, but now it's X plus all this stuff you've learned that is even more attractive. And mm -hmm. that becomes the goal. So I think learning this was just more of conversations with myself saying, all right, let's take a step back and look at the journey, where we are, what are we getting? What are we learning? And then some of this stuff is really innate to me, but then you have people who are like, well, how did you learn it? Like you just asked that question. Right. So I sat down and wrote out the course of like, literally what I do and how I convey that on social media, turned it into a couple of masterclasses, but literally how I learned it is through trial and error and just allowing myself the grace to be like, okay, Darius, this probably wasn't the best decision. Or okay, <laughs> Darius, you might want to reconsider or you know what, Darius, this was good. Do this again, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's always this constant sort of back and forth. Here is the energy. Here is the effort. Let's do the analysis and make sure we're on par. That's I hear self-reflection across the board. And that's yeah. one thing that I'm always doing, you know, reflect in the word, reflect on self and then move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So with all that you have going on, the books, the tours, which is insane. I cannot believe how often you all tour um, all the other projects. What are some of the goals that you're striving towards next? I think where I am right now is probably where I want to be. I'm in a space where. Obviously, I want my brand to just make money without me having to do a whole lot of work. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of where I am. Um, I will like I have a great following. I will continue writing cookbooks. So in mm -hmm. my life, you know, I said by the time I turn 50 in like nine years, I want 20 cookbook titles under my belt. Right. OK. And I want to create this this sort of Darius Cooks ecosystem that is amazing and works for everybody. So there's a Darius Cooks Plus app coming out. I've got some of the best kitchen products um, on the market from, you know, pots and pans, air fryer, pressure cooker. Um, I have this beautiful everyday skillet and wine glasses. I have a Darius Cooks everyday knife. So it's just the constant creation of this ecosystem. And that's kind of just where I am. If it fits within the ecosystem, okay, we can talk about doing it. But if it mm -hmm. doesn't, then it's like, okay, cool. Like I'm not going to go build carburetors for a living. Right. Cause I don't have nothing to do with what I got going on. Right. So that's just kind of where I am. If, as long as it sort of evolves and is amazing on this level, mm -hmm. then that's what I'm going to be doing. Do you ever see yourself partnering with other cooks who do similar? No. <laughs> 
You said it so quick. You no. know, I haven't seen uh, John Nice was on live and she was talking about partnerships and it's not on her list either. What is the deal? Why does no one want to partner together? Oh, girl. <laughs> Let me see. Why do you don't want to partner? I think everybody has their own vision of mm-hmm. what they of where they want to go. So speaking of transparency, some years ago, I had this bright idea to start what's called Black Food Network, right? I was like, I'm going to get some chefs, some cooks. We're going to create these shows and we're going to have these shows. You're going to put it on this platform. It's going to be amazing. The people I started working with, what I realized is that we just didn't see things on the same level, right? The vision that I have for my life is not the same vision that another person has for their life, Mm -hmm. right? So you come across um, static and you come across just this sort of space of an impasse that is not attractive to anybody who's a go-getter, right? Mm. So I'm in this space now where I go, okay, I don't really want to work with anybody else to accomplish something because where I'm at in my journey may not necessarily match where somebody else is in their journey. Right. And who needs to go through that? And even right now, like, on in, in, on public, you got one influencer who was cool with one influencer who was cool with this one, and now this one don't like this one, and this one don't. Girl, if I just stay over here in this <laughs> little corner, make my little Hennessy, mm-hmm. make my little drink, do my little salads, make my little dressing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about any of that. So that I choose peace at this mm-hmm. level in my life, and that's probably why I'm like, it's just perfect to be by myself. So I'd be interested when I hear peace, where I hear I hear you talking chaos and disagreements, agree to disagree. The last few years, the whole country has kind of been highs and lows, pandemic, sure. Black Lives Matter. What were your thoughts going through the last few years of what you can do to change what we see as a country? So I think what I've done in that space and in that time period was I just dug my heels into the reason I'm doing this work anyway. You know, when the world shut down because of the pandemic, people just had a lot of free time. But us influencers, the busiest times of our lives. Like, mm. I was doing cooking live streams day after day after day. People were calling, wanted to do private this, private live streams. Like, it just was, it was just crazy. And so for me, I guess I didn't look at it as I have a responsibility to change the world because I don't feel like I do. Mm -hmm. But I did dig my heels in and say, I have a responsibility to show up to my audience in the most authentic way. So that's why you hear people saying, you hungry, let's make a snack. Or you hear people saying, um, it don't matter who scores it or whatever the case may be, because that's I was being who I needed to be to my audience. and. The reason I know that I was in the right space, you always get confirmation. Um, I cannot tell you the number of people I meet at these dinner parties, like you, for example, Mm -hmm. who come up to me and say, Darius, you got me through the pandemic. Like so-and-so died. I would watch you every day. Literally, I was in Savannah and I forgot the woman's name, but we were literally in, in tears crying together because she was just like, you have no idea. And I'm just so happy to be in this space to have met you to tell you what this meant for me. So, you know, that's just confirmation that what I was doing was what I was supposed to be doing. So just showing up to my particular audience, 
and hopefully, child, the world will be all right. It'll heal itself. <laughs> I'm in agreement. I have this. I have this theory and this model that I've been following, and uh, life is revealing itself all the time. And we have the choice yeah. which way we gonna go. And I can't right. worry about everybody else. I just got to do what I need to do. So on that note, this has been, I mean, I'm going to rewatch this and take notes myself because I'm in the same space of transitioning. And I think it's important for every individual, every room you go into, being mindful that there's something you can learn, no matter the age. A seven-year-old can teach me something new. So what advice do you want to give any up-and-coming entrepreneur or influencer or chef? Yeah, I just, the same thing I always say, allow yourself the, the grace to grow. Right. You know, you're not going to come out. No team is formed winning championships. Right. You're not coming out the gate batting a thousand. That's just not how it works. So allow yourself the space to go. I'm going to make some mistakes on the line and yep, I'm going to own up to them. I'm going to learn from them and I'm going to move forward. And then the other thing I would say that I don't think most people will ever mention is, is this, there are perfections in the imperfection, right? Mm. There's beauty in something not being the way you thought it was supposed to go. So many times as an entrepreneur, we'll say things are supposed to go one, two, three, four, and then they don't go one, two, three, four. But the crazy part about it is that when you address this with your audience and you own up to that, it's like, wow, that even though it wasn't perfect, it was still a beautiful moment and we were able to grasp so many different life experiences and life lessons from the imperfection that really now the imperfection is actually better than what you thought it may have been. Right. Right. And so, you know, we get out, I can't tell you the number of times I cooked online and something happened. I mean, we lied, right. (laughs) I dropped a pan of uh, brownies. I drank too much, you know, and stuff. Yeah, I had dropped a, a whole pan of red velvet brownies out of my hand onto the floor. I said, Lord, the devil is busy. (laughs) What am I supposed to do in that moment? Right. Right. So I picked them up, got a glass and layered it. And now instead of it being a brownie, it was a brownie trifle done. Mm -hmm. Right. But to be able to bounce back from that, to be able to laugh at that and to be able to look at that um, as an imperfection and go, but that worked out much better than what you thought it worked out. You know, when you watch the replay, give yourself that space to grow. That's good. I mean, we just cooked up a whole bunch of wisdom up in here. We didn't need no food. Um, This has been amazing. I'm so thankful for your time. I'm thank you for your yes. You didn't scam me for dinner for the interview. (laughs) I'm just like, I couldn't even, my sister had to explain the narrative because I just couldn't see it with who you are. And I just, I thank you for being authentic and continuing to create these moments for people to get to know you and to enjoy space and time. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question, what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree, different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain or struggles? To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, He will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elon.